Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. Welcome in, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Dynasty Force Podcast. Back with you again live on this Wednesday, March 24th. I did not look at the date on my phone in order to tell you that, but um, with me, as always, he's not here because uh, he wanted to help you guys uh, watch us a little better. Um, here, as far as picture, he's here in voice, though. Billy Brisbane at Getting Bills on Twitter. How's it going, buddy? Yo, you already know I'm here uh, doing it off the cell phone today, so we don't have any internet connection problems and stuff like that. Currently have my camera off because I'm eating some food. Don't want you guys to see me eating with my mouth open and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, disgusting but eater. From I'm learned. excited, Rob. Uh, I, I know this wasn't on the show sheet, but man, when I was doing some uh, UFC stuff last week, fucking Twitter blowing up. Kyle Pitts, 682445. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the only time that you see in a fucking creative Madden player at the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, him, like, uh, he's, he's just going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to, like, I feel like I'm going to spend too many high draft capital picks on Kyle Pitts in, in rookie drafts trying to, I think that's trying to just happen. happen, bro, because like he gets drafted like fourth or fifth. Then you get the, uh, wide receivers that are probably going to be going around the same exact range and like you, you it creates more value man because people are going to overdraft kyle pitts they need a tight end yeah you're not lying um speaking of rookies we're we're here with another man who knows his shit when it comes to rookies uh <laughs> good friend of the show shane bear at ff shane b on twitter shane welcome in nice to finally have you on the pod, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, man. Um, you you caught me on a good day when got done with work or could take a little break from work because I got a later meeting coming up. So I am excited to to get in here with you. We've interacted, like you said, a lot on Twitter um, and love you guys' work. So I'm excited. This should be a fun show. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Shane almost my little way into the FFS Nernos before I ended up getting in. Shane, I did not follow you up with you on this one, though I should have. I did get in with Dynasty Nerds, so oh. uh, I am writing, well, I have not written one yet for them, uh, but I will be in the process of that soon, so exciting for um, me, I guess, and everyone else uh, who's looking forward to my content. Um to keep on the lookout for that. Of course, you will be able to find that on my Twitter at FantasyForceFB. Um, you can follow the show at Dynasty Force Podcast. No, Dynasty Force Pod. Uh, Want to get that right. And then Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. Um, normally, we would have a quick question, but today we got winners and losers. Trey is not on the podcast yet. Trey should be joining the podcast a little later on. Uh, when he can find a little time for a break from work. So his winners and losers uh, should also be on the podcast if he does not show up uh, based on work whenever. Um, then I will just read his winners and losers still. Maybe he can give a little reasoning as like a quick question sort of thing next week. Um, 
But anyway, this week, we do have winners and losers. So each of us here and hopefully Trey will have one winner and one loser. Um, and then we still have some free agency news to go over. Last week, we covered a ton of it, but obviously we did not cover all of it because a lot's happened in the past week. So without further ado, how about we just get into the free agency news and I will kick it over to our guest host here, Shane, for our very first point here, which is going to be Chris Carson re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. He signed on a two-year, $14.6 million deal. Shane, I feel like this was best-case scenario for Chris Carson and his fantasy value and his owners, or managers, I should say. See, I'm going to disagree with you here, Rob. Interesting. Um, I think somewhere like Arizona or Pittsburgh potentially could have been a better fit for him. I mean, Seattle's still a good fit. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm almost wondering if a new scenario would have maybe livened him up a little bit. Um, I mean, I, and this is partially just cause I'm not a huge Chris Carson fan. So, um, I wanted to see other people get an opportunity in Seattle. Um, but I, I really feel like Pittsburgh would have been a great fit for him. Um, but at the same time, he's kind of just an upgraded version of James Conner because they're both always hurt. Uh, so that's kind of my thoughts on on it. But I think for the money that he's getting, why not stay um, yeah. and keep trying? I mean, you know he's going to get touches in that offense because all they want to do is run the ball. All they want to do is run the football. That's that's the reason why I'm well enough on Chris Carson. Um, I don't think I have a ton of shares of him, but I mean, like if, if people were willing to sell him cheaply, uh, maybe like a mid to early second round pick um, just to try and get out early on Chris Carson, because he is getting a little up there in age and obviously you want to sell running backs on their second contracts. I think I'd be willing to pay that price just from the volume standpoint and how he's been successful for Seattle in the past. Which side are you on, Bill, for Chris Carson? I thought this one was pretty obvious for me, man. You know what side I'm on, man. I'm on the uh, give me all the Chris Carson until I see the hashtag let Russ cook coming to fruition for Seattle, man. I, I Seattle's one of those teams every year when you do your projections. I don't know if you guys do like projections manually or if you guys just look at them. I just look at them. I don't ever do them manually. You always see Chris Carson's projection, and it always feels too low. And then you see Russell Westbrook. And you're just like, I mean, not Russell Westbrook. That's just means, yeah, that shows what <laughs> time I'm on. NBA DFS is about an hour away. But uh, you see Russell Wilson, and you're just like, man, why don't they just run the Patty Mahomes offense and just let him cook? And it's just like, as much as fantasy owners as we want to allure that, you know, me, man, I even traded for fucking Tyler Lockett for Allen Robinson. So, you know, I'm all about the hashtag let Russ cook. But they just haven't done it yet. And I feel like with Chris Carson – Shane brought up some good points, though. I was on Team Chris Carson, but I would like to see him in Seattle or Pittsburgh <laughs> a little bit more, but I'm absolutely fine with Seattle. Uh, you know Seattle's going to run around the ball. Why do they want to run the ball? I don't know. Is Rashad Penny dead? I don't know. But <laughs> as long as Rashad Penny's still dead and there's nobody else back there, man, I think Chris Carson left some meat on the bone. I, I think there's some meat left on the bone for Chris Carson fantasy numbers he's a guy that i'm gonna actively try to uh 
acquired during the draft season, like right after the draft season. Right now it's too early because this is like the high point for him. But after the rookies get their landing spots and stuff, uh, I'm definitely going to be trade acquiring for Chris Carson because I feel like he's the type of uh, stable RB2 that can yeah, push definitely. your team over the hump because he's the type of guy that like gets listed as RB2 in the weekly ranking but he has RB1 upside, kind of how Shane said, uh, similar to like James Conner. But I just think James Conner don't want to ever draft a guy. This sounds fucked up to say, but I like, pray to God, praying to God, as you guys can't see me, but I'm praying to God. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I can trust you. the guy on my dynasty team that uh, had cancer. That's just a whole entire different situation. I can't, that's not a yeah, winning proposition it does, it does really affect for NFL running back the formerly had cancer no matter how healthy he is he's gonna have chronic illness problems from that no I, the fact that he even got that far since that uh cancer situation is just a testament to how strong tough of a character he is yeah definitely um i like i i don't like bill mentioned like obviously huge commitment to james connor because he was fantastic in college too but i do remember uh one of the because I believe James Conner's rookie season, Le'Veon was still playing in. It was his second season is when Le'Veon sat out. Um, I remember speaking with uh, my wife, who like kind of is from a, a hospital environment. So she kind of knows a little bit. And she just was telling me, like she took nursing throughout college and different things. So she knows a little bit about how cancer affects the body. And she was telling me it's, it's not going to be the same for him throughout his career, how he's going to heal from injuries, especially how like not just bone structure, but also like muscle structure, just the different kind of injuries he'll go through um, and his recovery process. And he looked fine in, in points last season, but you know, and even kind of last year with COVID, man, I, I I thought there was a chance that he was going to sit out the season. Yeah, and uh, they started doing the COVID stuff like that because that definitely doesn't seem like the type of environment that a post cancer patient should like be around, like, right? COVID friendly and stuff like that. But, and the Steelers I mean, had multiple incidents oh. throughout the season where they were, I, not necessarily them being affected, but their opponents were affected, and it's it was uh it was a risky situation. Definitely. Um, shout out to James Conner, though. Still unsigned, sadly, but I he, he'll catch on as a depth piece somewhere, I, I do believe. Um, moving on here from Chris Carson in Seattle, let's talk about maybe one of the few other fantasy-related running back pieces of news and Mike Davis signing with Atlanta on a two-year, $5.5 million deal. Um I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I saw this move and I decided to sell all of my Mike Davis shares from this piece of news because as of right now, he is the RB1 on the depth chart. I do not expect that to last past the draft. And then, you know, okay, maybe he'll open the season as the starter, kind of like a David Montgomery situation when he was in Chicago. But we saw how long that lasted. And Mike Davis, yes, he looked fantastic in Carolina last season, but that really, that really trended downwards um, in the second half of the season. I just feel like he's not, he's not a workhorse back. He's a solid depth piece. He's definitely better than Ito Smith. He's definitely better than Brian Hill. So um, I'm fine with having him as as an RB two on the depth chart behind a rookie. Um, 
I like I said, I people. I think when we made our free agency predictions, Bill, I think it was that projected a bigger name free agent, maybe like Leonard Fournette going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, I I was just saying the whole time I didn't see it. Not for me. I was shocked that you guys signed him uh, to have as much confidence as you guys are going to have. Like you guys drafted somebody. Like what do you guys we're, do? We're drafting someone. <laughs> We, do I need if to we don't draft Matt someone? Shares? Like, if, dude, I've been <laughs> people. I'll trade you fucking Derek Carr for Matt Ryan straight up. <laughs> Please just help me out here. Um, no, we're we're if we don't draft someone, I can tell. Like, we'll probably overdraft a running back in round two rather than not draft someone. I I think. Um, I highly would expect. I doubt Nasha Harris will be there, but if he is, he, he would be I'll the be guy. But if he is, I'd be shocked be too. Honest. But if he's not there, I 100% expect Javante Williams to be there, and I expect the Falcons to draft him in the second round because I, I just the, think uh, he's. What was the one rookie that we're looking at? Chuba Hubbard. That's his name. I think Chuba. Uh, you would a love good. that. Bro, if Chuber Hubbard went to the Chuba to Buffalo. <laughs> I am the I am the oh my God. conductor for this hype train. Chuba Hubbard to Buffalo. Sign me up. I'm <sighs> right behind you. Give me a passenger seat. <laughs> Just Chuba in a spot that actually utilizes him well, I think is is all we really want. Um totally agree. Yeah, but I, I, I think DeAndre Swift situation. Because, like, yeah. last year, DeAndre Swift was graded, like, my number one, like, talent running back. Mm-hmm. And then he moved back down three slots. But it kind of fucked yeah. up my dynasty teams because, like, Swift is the guy that you kind of want now. But right. it's just, like, I don't want to run into situations where, like, you're so happy about the talent. And then they just fall to, like, the team, like, the fucking Lions. And you're just like, oh, my God, do I yeah. want the Lions running back? For Jets. the future, <laughs> I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't mind the Jets, bro. All jokes aside, you know me. I, I, like, I could... like my dirty Jets, man. I like my uh, dirty Jets players. Yeah, well, Michael P. Ryan. I'm sure you were on that bandwagon. I do remember the Bilal Powell bandwagon a few years ago when he was going in the fourth round. Brandon oh Marshall, Eric Decker. I always had some Eric Decker. Eric Decker was, nice. <laughs> Decker was my love favorite Eric Decker. player of all time. Mm. My wife also uh, loves Eric Decker, but that's for Oh uh, yeah, well, no, all, don't what wives that. don't love Eric Decker? Are we are we being serious here? Um, Shane, I'm assuming by your reaction that we are not, or you are not, on the mindset that Mike Davis is going to be a fancy contributor next season for Atlanta. I don't. I see it going one of two ways. I see it either him kind of being a and this is after talking with a fellow astronaut, Nick Pinnikoff, um, possibly being like a bridge running back, if that makes any sense at all. Um, and going to um, kind of just be a placeholder for a couple of years um, with ultimately them going and drafting a running back in 2023. If that doesn't happen, um, I, do, I think they're going to draft someone this year, um, and that is going to put them, um, put him as a backup, best case yeah. scenario. Um, Rob, can I say one thing to you real quick before you start making Jets jokes and shit? <laughs> you have Tevin Coleman on your roster, and you just saw that he signed the New York Jets. You're one fucking happy owner. Yeah, pretty solid. Um, 
I, I agree. I, that, I'd like that. That news literally Coleman. just came out like, right as we went right. live that uh, Tevin Coleman yep. just signed to the New York Jets. So I've been using uh, NFLupdate.co, which is a great website, um, and their free agency tracker. I know I mentioned last week on the podcast that because I got this from their website that Tevin Coleman signed with Miami. So I don't know where that news came from. Obviously, I didn't hear that news about Miami um, very, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't hear it anywhere. So this is an official report from NBC sports.com. Right. So it's a credible information. Yeah. So, um, but still, I'd, I'd prefer Tevin Coleman in New York. Maybe he's uh, worth a shot there. Um, Shane, real quick, it's, run it by you. The official Jets and former running back, former 49ers running back. Tevin Coleman signed to a one-year deal worth up to two million. Yeah, which is better. I I like that a lot better. Um, Shane, I want to run by you real quick. My putting Mike Davis on the trade block resulted in a trade where I moved back from two hundred three to two hundred seven. This is an IDP league, by the way. I don't know how interested you are in IDP, but um, basically, I moved back from two hundred three to two hundred seven. Uh, Gave up Mike Davis and Emmanuel Agba to get Mike Williams, Shaquille Griffin, and Damian Wilson, who's a linebacker for the Chiefs. Um, and just more so along the lines of Mike Williams versus Mike Davis to me. I'd much yeah. rather have Mike Williams. 100%. So I'm not as was... familiar with the IDP player. Even though I play Chiefs linebackers, pretty decent. Yeah, um, it's it's I I think linebacker is the, like the most valuable piece in IDP because it's hard to rely on tackles from a corner, hard to rely on sacks from a defensive end. Um, so you just kind of got to rely on the the reliable tackles of a middle linebacker and them to make plays. That's my from what uh, I found out. And uh, Damian Wilson would be like a depth linebacker piece. Um, Anyway, moving I, on back, here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I think I also my had internet issues, was so. a little on far. <laughs> not, not just yours. Um. Well, since you ran a trade by me, I'm gonna run a trade by okay. you because I actually just sold my only Mike Davis share today. Okay. Um. In a, it's a, I think 56 man roster. Um, okay. So that's with oof. like 11 or 12 starters on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Um. And I sold Mike Davis for the four point. Eleven and a twenty twenty two third. I missed that. You cut out a little bit. Mike Davis for what? The four eleven in a rookie draft and the twenty twenty two third. Um, I mean the depth. Superflex IDP. The depth is crazy in that league. So the fourth will definitely have more value. The third will also have value. Um, I think I would lean the depth there because yeah. I just I, I don't see I think Davis will probably have to be started in that kind of a league, but I don't see him as being like a very big contributor. Like I said, I'd maybe for the first few weeks or so, but um far into the future I I don't see it. Um other so running back trade, So you're saying basically trade Mike Davis if you can right now. I I would yeah. say that. Yeah. 
Because you know me, man. I had a lot of Christian McCaffrey on my team, so I have a lot of right. left, just Mike Davis leftovers. Yeah, I, I, bro, I went into every single league, and I know we have a few leagues together. In any league that I did not have Mike Davis, it seemed like you had Mike Davis. So I know um, I would I would be selling him just yeah, because. Yeah, I fucking drafted Mike Davis. Like, I didn't even <laughs> drop off the uh, But yeah, man, I mean. Remember people thought maybe well Bonifon was about to be a thing? Yeah, Super Bonifon. So yeah, man, are the pan- who's the who's Christian McCaffrey's handcuff now? Um, I've Still seen Bonifon, I think. I've seen Rodney Smith going like ah, claimed yeah, in a lot of teams. That's what uh, they're saying. They're drafting somebody. Hopefully. Um, other running back news that could be potentially relevant. Philip Lindsay signs with Houston on a one year three point two million dollar deal. I still feel like David Johnson's the main guy, and then it'll be like a little Lindsay sprinkled in, and then maybe some uh, Mark Ingram here and there. So I I don't think Lindsay I don't think this is a landing spot that you wanted for Philip Lindsay. And also if Sean Watson isn't playing, then this probably is the worst landing spot for Lindsay. Yeah. That seems like a three-headed backfield. I know you said you think David Johnson gets the lion's share of carries, but um, they signed Mark Ingram for a reason. I would imagine they would want to use him around the goal line. And then where does that leave David Johnson? And then after that, then like, oh, yeah. man, I feel bad for Philip Lindsay. I thought anything. Was yeah, I kind of like it for him. Interesting. I'd like to hear why. Because David Johnson is old and hurt. Mark Ingram is old. And I think Lindsay's better than both of them. I think he'll, he has a chance to win out the starting job. Um, if he ex- I mean, if he continues to play like he did in his rookie season. Well, if Deshaun Watson, let's say in a hypothetical world, he is available to play. Me and Rob talk about this for literally, like, I want to say since he was at Clemson, the dude does not check down. So yeah. any pass catching running back, I just knock down their receptions when they play with Deshaun Watson. Not anything against him. It's just like when he runs into that pocket pressure, he just runs. Yeah. 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 Um I would listen, I mean, Lindsay, if if people are really off of Lindsay, maybe he's worth the buy for the upside of maybe he gets a job in a Deshaun Watson-led offense and he can be efficient running the football. But, I mean, personally, it's kind of... Eh. I, I I hope for more. Like, I would have been yeah. happier with him signing with the Jets, honestly. Because I feel yeah, like no, then he's... That. Like, it guaranteed worse offense, but at the same time, he guaranteed to get some touches at the same time. And there is no guarantee here. Um... Other running backs this time, we mentioned Tevin Coleman signing with the Jets. Damian Williams signs with Chicago on a one-year deal, which I think, if anything, I don't know, depth or maybe hurt hurting Tariq Cohen a little bit. I don't know. Um, and then Mike Boone signs with Denver on a two-year deal. So he's kind of the Philip Lindsay replacement there. As far as wide receiver news, um, Kenny Galladay, did take a little bit to sign, but he did sign with the New York Giants on a four-year, $72 million deal, $18 million annually. I don't have any Kenny Galladay shares because I did um, trade him like mid-last season towards the end of the season. Um, but 
That said, if I did have any Kenny Galladay shares, I'd be highly, highly, highly disappointed. Shane. What? Shane, I'll I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts here with Kenny? I love it. Absolutely love it. It's what it's what the Giants needed. Um to me, I've been saying this all offseason. They have two wide receiver two they had two wide receiver twos on their roster and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. And I'm a big Slayton guy. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think either of them had the frame um or the play style to really be an alpha dog. Kenny G gives them that. So it's gonna I think it helps the offense as a whole. So I love this for him. And I think it uh, <laughs> my buddy Justin tweeted out a, a meme about um Josh Allen having a third year leap because he got Stephon Diggs. I by no means think Daniel Jones is going to have that kind of third year leap. I think Daniel Jones is going to improve a lot, but not QB two overall right. in fantasy football by getting Kenny Galladay. Um, but I think Kenny is going to do similar things for him that Stefan Diggs did for Josh Allen. Um, so Jones should be a, a, a pretty big um, improvement over last year. Um, so I love it for Kenny G from a real football standpoint and from a fantasy perspective. Uh, since I seem to be on an island here because Billy's, Billy's crazy. What? Uh, <laughs> look, it's just, I think the jump that Josh Allen made from year one or year two to year three was so crazy. You look at his, like, his first two years, his passing stats, his accuracy ratings, um, his completion percentage, it was all down in the dumpster. And last season, he was top 10 in basically all categories. He just made an insane jump. And yes, Stefan Diggs definitely helped that a lot. But I just think it's kind of an outlier and it's hard to compare a situation like that with a situation like Daniel Jones. The only reason I'm looking at it from here, who would you rather have as Kenny Galladay's quarterback? He could have re-signed with Detroit and had Jared Goff. He's been having Matt Stafford, who's been a really good quarterback, and now you kind of—I feel like it's a downgrade there from uh, Goff. Can I? I, I know Goff isn't good. I got questions for you, Rob. Yes, go ahead, Billy. My first question is: Okay, what division does he play in? He plays in the NFC East. Now. My second question is: Do you think the Giants win more than four games this year? Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. Do you think they're making the playoffs? Yes or no? No. Exactly. Four games, though, is right. different. You know what I mean. They're going to be a bottom <laughs> of the barrel team. And then my third question is, who's the wide receiver to? Did you not see Odell Beckham's usage the last time he played for the Giants? It doesn't matter who the fuck the quarterback is. It's all about where the targets are going to go. You give Kenny Galladay garbage time situation. That's what made Kenny Galladay Kenny Galladay so attractive to the Lions. You think the Lions are going to be airing out the ball? That offense is going to be a stinker for fantasy next year. I would not want anything in that offense besides DeAndre Swift. I'm telling you right now, Kenny Galladay going to the Giants is the move. The Giants are never going to be in the situation where they're going to be running the ball 20 times because they got this lead and they need to milk out the clock. Give me all the garbage time of Kenny Galladay. I think it's I think it's stupid that he signed to the Giants, but from a perspective of like being an Eagle fan, 
man, that's a good ass signing for like them the in the Giants. future. Yeah. It's just like Odell Beckham, bro. They haven't had like a situation where they had that Odell Beckham like alpha receiver. And the fact that you give me Odell Beckham that isn't a prima donna, that there's no the ceiling is right don't back you to slander work. odell beckham jr in front of me. <laughs> i love odell i love odell but the he's he's just he's just a what he's like uh he falls into the johnny manzel josh gordon category for me of like players that Ooh. i personally love that i'll probably have their jerseys hanged up in my living room but from a dynasty perspective i can't buy them i just got him at uh 10 5 and a oh yeah he's going well, so insanely late in now I'm, now you, I'm got, you gotta take the shot now i'm buying <laughs> he's going in the 10th round and i have a full roster he's coming off the bench now i'm buying odell ah he's my so it's a super deep roster and he's my fourth wider he's my first flex fourth wide receiver or maybe oh, second like flex. fantasy championship <laughs> that's happening uh, uh as far as kenny galladay we talked a lot but we will talk more later in the winners and losers section, hint, hint, um, on Kenny Galladay. So we could move on here into kind of like a brief over here overview of another person who will be in the section later. In Juju Smith-Schuster resigning with Pittsburgh on a one-year $8 million deal. And Shane, I'm a pre- or... What's it preface it? I don't know. Whatever. You're you have him later in the episode. So I'm gonna throw it to Billy first on the idea of Juju going back to Pittsburgh. I don't know. There there's some I mean it came out later I the cried. other offers he he had on the plate too. I cried. I <laughs> cried when I saw this. Cause uh for the people that don't know, maybe like Shane or uh some new listeners or something like that huge Notre Dame guy. My brother went there and all that. So, like, these hey, Notre Dame... go Irish. Yeah, go Irish, yeah. So, my <laughs> brother always puts me on to these players, like, way uh, Chase early Claypool. before, like... Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. You talk about a loser in free agency, man. Went, went, went for Chase Claypool, <laughs> man. Remember I ain't people, worried about it. Dude, Pulling I had out. him as a top 25 ranking coming into the season because I didn't think Juju was going to resign. And you know what else I got to say before? I don't want to get too long on this, but how did Nelson Aguilar demand <laughs> more money than Juju? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Nelson Aguilar is getting paid a lot more than a lot of other wide receivers Bro, that's out wild. there. And it's just... That's wild. Who Who <laughs> is in there in the financial fucking boardroom that says, oh, yeah, you know, Nelson Knight twice <laughs> the money as Juju. That's the move we need to make. Like, uh, fire that guy. That guy, <laughs> is, the guy is the reason why we don't fucking – the uh, reason why fucking uh, Jonathan Taylor doesn't get all the touches. Yeah. Uh, I don't like you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill is a fun guy. All right, we'll come back to Juju later on in the episode. Real quick, I'll just we got, say this real quick. It's yes, a prove sir. it deal. To me, it it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, we'll see if he proves it. We'll see. Uh, Josh Reynolds signed with Tennessee on a one-year deal, de facto wide receiver two as of right now because they lost literally every single other person on the roster. Um, so that's interesting, you got lucky, man. You got he lucky. De- yeah. 
definitely. Deshaun Jackson signed with the Los Angeles Rams on a one-year deal. He's always hurt, so he's probably not going to help your fantasy roster very much. But, man, when he's on the field, he's a factor. And uh, My uh, Van Jefferson shares are, are crying a little bit. Uh, oh, yes, yes. The, the Van Jefferson uh, startup shares that I got last year where he was so late. Yes, they are um, in the dumps as of right now. Who knows? Maybe uh, it benefits him in the long term, though, and, and DJX can kind of show him the ropes. Right. I was going to say, only one place to go, and that's up. So, uh, Nikhil Harry kind of proved that one wrong. So, um, hopefully it's not that kind of project trajectory, and it just goes up from here. Uh, Chris Conley signed with Houston on a one-year deal, and we will mm-hmm. talk about Houston later on. And uh, only tight end news that I kind of had... Uh, besides what we originally had, which is Dan Arnold signing with Carolina on the two-year, $6 million deal, which is kind of, okay, whatever. I don't hate so, that. I think it's a good fit for, for both, potentially, but it's not anything that I'm like, ooh, let me have some Dan Arnold. It's yeah. more of like, <laughs> right. okay. Yeah. We'll see if they draft you know, a tight end or a quarterback and quarterback. whatever happens. Hey, maybe, maybe they end up with uh, – What's his name? Frymouth in the second round, potentially. The Panthers. It could happen. It could happen. Speaking of of doing existence. All right, guys. Let's go in to the biggest winners and losers from free agency. Before we do that, one more shout out. Add Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter. Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. Check us out. Follow us. You'll always see when we go live if you hit the little bell or a notification button, whichever one it is. And yeah, man, we're live every Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, and then our podcast live on all streaming platforms the day after for your week, for your nice little uh, fancy content for that week. So let's get into a big winners and losers from free agency let's start with winners here let's head over to shane to kick us off as our guest shane you have a fan in us for your winner on uh on this episode awesome love it um yeah i kind of i like to if you know me and my podcast <laughs> guesting i like to go a little out of the box sometimes with my answers so went a little out of the box here um terry mclaurin is my winner so here's why. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. I love Fitzmagic. I've been saying since Who the beginning of this. Who doesn't love Fitzmagic, though, honestly? Tua Tonga-Vailoa, maybe? <laughs> um, but I love Tua, that's too. Good, that's a good take. That's the thing, too, as I love Tua, but that's not what we're talking about. So I've been saying since the start of this offseason, I think Washington, from a football standpoint, is a quarterback away from being a very, very good football team. Fitz Magic to me fits that perfectly. Um, I think he's going to be, I think he's shown that he's grown from the Fitz Magic, um, which it, it is amazing to say since he's 36, but he's grown from the Fitz Magic that threw three or four interceptions a game, multiple games in a row, and things like that. So I love this signing. I, I think his personality of just being saying, fuck it, I'm just going to throw the ball is going to work out well for this offense and help them grow and expand. Then you add in the fact that they also signed Curtis Samuel. 
I love this because Curtis Samuel's number one route is a deep route. And you didn't see this in 2019 because his quarterback was Kyle Allen, who Kyle Allen probably couldn't have hit me 20 yards down the field. Now I'm five, nine. So maybe he's got an excuse there, but Curtis Samuel's not Curtis Samuel's an NFL athlete. He should have been able to hit him down the field, but he couldn't push the ball down the field. Fitzmagic will be able to. So what I think that's going to do for Terry is take the pressure off of him and give him a lot of room to operate. And he's going to have a, a much more competent quarterback than he's ever had. Definitely. Um, yeah, Fitzmagic uh, Fitz and like slinging the football are like synonymous in everyone's yeah. mind, I think. And I don't think he's necessarily going to have to because in Washington, they have a great defense and they have a great running back too in, in Antonio Gibson. But that said, when they do have to throw the football, they, like it adds a whole they new element now. to their offense. Exactly. And Terry McLaurin is going to be a huge benefiter. Curtis Samuel, I, I like Curtis Samuel a lot, but I didn't really think he would sign somewhere to be a wide receiver one. I, I definitely thought like it would benefit him to be a compliment. And here he is a compliment to Terry McLaurin. And I think their game styles will complement each other really well. So having totally a very good quarterback in Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick See, nah, to nah, add in. Man. I feel like real life perspective wise, that's a dog shit signing by the Redskins. Cause it's like, I mean, not the Redskins, Washington football team. Let me say that. Listen, and because Bill has like, said Redskins for the past year, I feel like he can continue to say Redskins yeah, at this yeah. point. It's, it's, it's always going to be with him. I don't think the Washington football team got better from a real life perspective. They need a young quarterback to develop with the young pieces around them. But from a fantasy perspective, from a fantasy perspective and a win now perspective, I guess, from a real life perspective is a really good signing. People were complaining about uh, fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick going to uh, Washington because uh, I told you before I work at Pub. So we do the uh, rumor mill videos and stuff like that. And I was looking at the comment section and I was just like, man, I thought people were going to be like excited to see Ryan Tannehill. I mean, not Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the uh, Washington football team because it's just like, you know where you're getting out of Ryan Uh Fitzpatrick, you're getting a top 25 receiver guaranteed. And then the top 25 receivers already there. And it's just like, man, like Alex Smith, like Alex Smith showed glimpses of what Terry McLaurin could really become. It's just that Alex Smith was just at the end of his road. And you give me Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same exact NFC East situation as I just think the NFC East, if you draft players from the NFC East this year, all those game totals are going to go over this year. All the mm-hmm. defenses are not good. The Cowboys are going to, yeah, yeah, except Washington. And he won't have to face Washington. Team. Washington's the only team. I, I just think that uh, from a fantasy perspective, I couldn't agree anymore with you guys. That's probably one of like the signings that like made me like jump out of my chair and just like fucking excited. Like, cause I know I'm a big DFS guy and I'm going to be playing Fitzpatrick, McLaurin, Samuel Stacks all year next year. And Gibson. Yeah, Gibson. Uh, I believe J.D. McKissick is gone. I don't as know long as J.D. McKissick is signed is with gone. anyone. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is with Antonio Gibson, man. I'm shocked that he did as good as he did last year. From just like oh, a perspective of like not yeah. playing running back in the NFL, 
like because uh, he was a wide receiver throughout his whole entire college career. So, yeah, a testament to Antonio Gibson, man. I forgot to notice him, too, because uh, it's magic is all about the yard. So he'll dump it down if he needs to. And I can't be I cannot wait to sing it. Oh, 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 it's magic. <laughs> magic, you know, the feeling you never gave me before. Billy, thank you so much for the live concert. It's exactly what I signed up for. Um, I, I'm very happy that we're all on the same page here with, with Terry McLaurin. And not because there, there are some people that are probably out there like, oh, this isn't. Well, Fitzmagic, obviously, like you can't really make an argument against that as far as that being a good move for Terry and his fantasy value. But Curtis Samuel, maybe you could if you said like he'll take targets away. But it's really not going to it's it's not like that. Like it, he's only complimenting Terry and uh, he'll only enhance his game. They if he takes need, any well, targets I mean, away. This way, though, like who was. Washington's wide receiver two last year. Yeah, actual uh, at like Logan at the actual Thomas. wide receiver. <laughs> Logan Thomas. <laughs> well, and then so the there's my point. Wide receiver two was uh, Sims, Cam Sims. Right? Yeah, Cam Sims. Cam Sims. So if you upgrade from Cam Sims to Curtis Samuel, why the hell not? I mean, and yeah. you upgrade from Alex Smith to Brian Fitzpatrick, I feel like your offense is just going to go up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shane, I know you have kind of a, you know, you mentioned a work thing that you're going to have to go take care of. So I will let you take care of your loser next. And um, that way you won't have anything to hold you back if you do have to skedaddle. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, So my loser is Juju Smith-Schuster. And here's why. As mentioned Slightly As mentioned earlier. <laughs> before, and that's why I didn't comment too much on it before. I feel like he's a loser, A, because he, like I think it was Billy mentioned, he got paid less than Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Two, I feel like this may be hot takey. I don't know if the Steelers are going to be good enough to make the playoffs this year. Well, it's, I mean, besides, it's, like after their – uh, what was it? Collapse. Eleven games to start yeah. the, to start the season. Eleven games in a row they won. Mm-hmm. What they end twelve and four, um, and then they, they lost, lost in the first the round. Cowboys. Yeah, if they didn't. I think they might. Oh lost yes, yes. I, I remember they they almost and, lost to the Cowboys. Me and my dad were driving back from Green from Greenville, South Carolina to Birmingham, and listening to that game, and they almost <laughs> lost to the Cowboys, and we were ecstatic because we're Cowboys fans. Um. But it was like, what? Like, I don't get it. So for me, not only because he didn't get, he didn't make a, a ton of money. I think from a football perspective and a fantasy perspective, that wide receiver room is going to be very, very crowded. And like Billy and I discussed earlier, I'm a huge Claypool fan because I'm a Notre Dame fan. But I also just think he's a freaking monster. I also think Deontay is really good. So they're going to all be battling for targets. Um, to where I feel like he could have gone somewhere else to A, improve his shots at a Super Bowl, and B, get out of a crowded wide receiver room with a quarterback whose arm isn't going dead like Ben Roethlisberger. I would have loved as a – so I've got three fandoms. You guys can judge me later. But um, as a Packers fan, I would have loved for him to go to the Packers. Buffalo made a lot of sense to me. Houston, good Lord, if he'd gone to Houston, he would have been the number one. 
um, so there just seem, and I, I admittedly don't know their cap situations, but there just seemed to be a lot of other situations that he could have gone to for me that would have benefited him from a pay real football and fantasy football perspective, because he could have become either the number one or a solid number two, like in green Bay behind Devonte, where that duo would have been absolutely disgusting. Think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin mm-hmm. um, from 2019 to where he doesn't like he's, maybe the one a or the one C depending on how you see it in Pittsburgh, but that still means you're splitting target shares three different ways. Um, And I just, I'm concerned about big Ben and his health, his motivation um, to continue to play football. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do in the draft um, for me, because that could determine where that football team goes. Definitely. Um, Juju, I talked about, uh, it came out like some of his other offers on the table. Um, one was to Baltimore for $9 million, and then he would er- potentially earn another $3 million in incentives. I understand I why love he, that. He w- I understand why he might not have wanted to go to Baltimore, because he loves Pittsburgh. Maybe you know there's no reason to go to a division rival and, and yeah. fight the incentives and all that. The other one was Kansas City, where he would have made the same amount of money like in, in salary terms, but he would have also potentially gotten 3 million in incentives. So he turned down almost $3 million essentially. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and, and the chance to win in a Super Bowl and think about it too. He's only 25 years old. It would have been another one year deal. Him like his best year was when he was with Antonio Brown and he was not the number one on that football team. And, you know, Big Ben was out there slinging it. You have Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in football. You have Tyreek Hill in that offense. You have uh, Travis Kelsey in that offense. Like, the main focus... Caught Edward like, Miller. Like, forget yeah. my boy. Right. <laughs> Stealing the, the little... Uh, what's it? I, I forget. Drop downs, whatever. Uh, I forget what they're called at the moment. But anyway, um, yeah, like, Juju would have been in a lot of one-on-one situations. He would have been able to take advantage of a lot of cornerback matchups. He would not have been the main focus of the defense. Like it would have been a fantastic situation. He would have really done well, I think, for hitting his incentives, potentially fighting for a Super Bowl number two, and being on a one-year deal coming off of a, a potentially great year with a great quarterback and a great offense. He would have made a lot more money than yep. what I think he'll make after this season. So for me, like I understand you want to come back to Pittsburgh. You want to be, uh, what's it called? Um, so loyal and, and you want to yeah. love everyone and all that. But just think about it from a financial perspective and from a career perspective. I think it would have benefited Juju a lot more to go to someplace like Kansas City, um, maybe even Baltimore or, or something like that. But coming back to Pittsburgh puts you in that situation. Bill, um, any thoughts here? Besides yeah, our- one one thing that I will say about the Juju situation is there's a crazy man out there that literally predicted Juju Smith-Schuster's rest of his career. 
And, you know, we all call him crazy in the fantasy community. We always try to make jokes about him and say we don't want players like him on our teams. But, man, you can't tell me Antonio Brown did not call Juju Smith-Schuster's career, man. He <laughs> said, dude is a fraud. He is not a number one receiver. You want to be a number one receiver? I'm leaving. And then, like, we fast forward a couple years later and, like, Antonio Brown has a ring, money, <laughs> cars, family, and Juju's out here getting paid less than Nelson Aguilar out of his <laughs> first free agent contract. And Antonio Brown's the uh, crazy one. It's crazy how the world works in mysterious ways, man. Yeah, man. Listen, uh, Juju could have been better. Um, but like I said, I understand you want to be uh, loyal. You want to go back to where you had fun. You want to do all this. Okay. That's what I said the Antonio Brown comment for. Because, like, do you think, like, that comment – kind of like stuck in his head a little bit of like how he thinks he's the Pittsburgh, like he represents the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, cause I don't know if you're on the TikTok wave and stuff like that, but if you like look at like the promoted TikTok account for like the Steelers, it's literally just Juju Smith-Schuster and like mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. And like, yeah. do you think that like comment a couple of years ago? Cause uh, the comment that I'm referring to is uh, when Antonio I do remember. Brown didn't win, Steelers player of the year, they gave it to Juju because yeah. it was his rookie season. Granted, he had the, one of the best rookie seasons ever in history, but like just those comments in itself, like, do you think like a young kid like him, it just kind of like sticks in the back of his head? Because it's like, uh, I know like I'm the same exact age around like Juju. I can throw off a comment, but like I'm still young enough where like I remember yeah, every I remember it. Yeah, I, I remember it. Same yeah. here. I'm only, I'm only a year older than Juju. Um, which you probably can't tell by my receding hairline, but um, don't worry. I'm no, I I I know exactly what you mean with that, Billy. If someone said something like that to me, here's the 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 thing that I'd love to see him though is him take that as motivation and go prove Antonio Brown wrong. Right. Yeah, but I don't know if he's gonna do it. Yeah, it'll be hard to do in the situation that he's in as well. Uh, Shane, we'll let you go because, like you mentioned, you got work. Yep. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your work schedule to come onto the pod and join us. Hopefully we can do this again sometime again Absolutely. at FF Shane B. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you really should um, check him out uh, and any other work you want to talk about. I know with the astronauts and anything. Yeah. So I host a podcast under the fantasy football astronauts called the fantasy nightcap. Um, we are actually doing our first live stream Monday at 9.30 Eastern time. So y'all check that out. Um, and I'll tweet out a link here eventually. And then I'm actually writing for the 14 personnel pod guys. Um, so I just released a deep dynasty sleepers article yesterday, I believe. Um, so y'all can find my writing there. And one more quick shout out. Um, Rob, I think you know, but I run Polly's Playoff. It's a fantasy football oh, tournament yes, yes. Um, for the walk to end Alzheimer's. The registration is open for the second annual uh, tournament, um, and you can find the information all on my pinned tweet on my account at FFShaneB. With that, see you guys. Thanks for having me. Catch Thank you later, Shane. Shane. for coming on, man. Because yeah. uh, people like Shane are like the type of people we try to bring on because the way to win fantasy championships is to start like now and like just the different content that you guys and Rob does a great job of bringing on relevant guests and stuff like that. It just helps me 
in my process, and I can only imagine what it does for our listeners too. Cool. I appreciate that, guys. So I'll see Thanks you later. Thanks a lot, Shane. Catch you later. Enjoy your night. Um, yes, uh, Shane also with the, the great um, – you know, he has the charity event for or charity league for the um, Alzheimer's event. So definitely check that out if you're interested in uh, other fantasy leagues there as well. All right. So we have our own winners and losers, Billy, to round us out. Do you want to kick it off here with one of your winners? Do you want me to kick it off? Uh, you can kick it off. I'm in the middle of uh, rolling, rolling. rolling <laughs> okay. Rolling, rolling. okay well, uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so my winner for free agency, and this is kind of not like a, you know, I'm buying him everywhere take, but it's more of a, I'm selling him everywhere because looking at the moment, he's a winner. Uh, it's going to be Brandon cooks for the Houston Texans. I know that there's a lot going on right now with Deshaun Watson, but if you can find someone out there who still believes that Deshaun Watson is going to be the Houston Texans quarterback for the 2021 season and, you know, still is committed to that and all that, then that person, in theory, should be in love with Brandon Cooks. Will Fuller, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later as well, but Will Fuller is no longer in town. He signed a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins, so he is i mean you know off doing his own thing with with Tua down in Miami but this changes things a lot for the Houston Texans offense because i don't think it it gets spoken about enough how important Will Fuller was to that offense and the kind of impact that he made but when you look cuz for those who have been following throughout the season uh, Will Fuller was suspended in week after the week 12 game and uh, he missed the final five games of the season. He's suspended for the first week of this upcoming season. Um, so after that, you know, we've already seen what the Houston Texans offense with Deshaun Watson without Will Fuller looks like. And, you know, a five game sample. It's pretty, pretty solid in that time. Brandon Cooks played in four games uh, and, was the wide receiver seven in that time, which is crazy because from a average perspective, he would be the wide receiver three wide receiver three for Brandon cooks. Had a, he had such a strong finish to the season and will fuller like we, you know, people would always mention that. Oh yes. Brandon cooks did so great, but will fuller wasn't there. Like what, what about when will fuller is there? Well, now Will Fuller is not going to be there. And their Houston Texans do not have a lot of draft capital. As we know, they don't have their first. They don't have their second. They have a ton of needs across the board. All they made as far as a wide receiver move in free agency was signing Chris Conley, who's not a threat at all to Brandon Cook's targets. I think he's the clear-cut wide receiver one for Houston right now. Now, if you believe that Deshaun Watson is not going to be the quarterback for the Houston Texans, then you should be selling Brandon Cooks right now. Because if he's not the quarterback for the Houston Texans, then Brandon Cooks is going to have garbage quarterback play, and he's going to be useless for fantasy, in my opinion. He'll get a lot of garbage time targets, and you'll just hope that they find their way into Brandon Cooks' hands. But 
you'll have to luck into that. Like DeAndre Hopkins with trash quarterback play was was bad. Like just imagine Brandon Cooks with trash quarterback play. But if you believe that Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2021, then Brandon Cooks is a screaming buy right now. So I do with that information what you will. If you believe, then uh, buy him. And if you don't believe, then you might as well just sell him right now. Bill, what are your thoughts here with uh, Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I don't want to get too deep on my thoughts about Brandon Cooks because uh, it kind of correlates with uh, one of my losers. Okay. Uh, well, I would head right into that, but, um, you know. You want to do the loser first then? Because, like, it literally is the same as that conversation of, like, why right. I put him as a loser. I'm down um, for that. Let's head into it. Yeah, my loser is uh, actually Will Fuller from the uh, – Miami Dolphins. I really don't like that signing spot for him. We talked about it a little bit last week. And um, I said from a narrative perspective, I don't like a guy like him signing to Miami. It seems like trouble. Uh, And then on top of that, not a fan of Tua. It's a downgrade of quarterbacks. And I just think his situation last year was just so much more fruitful for his fantasy production. I think this year he's going to not get the same red zone targets because of Mike Jacecki and shit like that. I don't think Mike Jacecki is a better player than Will Fuller, but it's just like what else do you have? Red zone. Yeah, why do you, what else do you have Mike Jacecki for if you're not running him red zone plays? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like I just don't think he'll get that same target share that he did last year, and that's the reason why I definitely would agree with you on the Brandon Cooks thing because that's the appeal of Brandon Cooks right now. Regardless, I, it could be Deshaun Watson, it could be. Freaking Brian Horry for all I care. Like, I'll be buying Brandon Cooks this year just off the aspect of, like, there's no way he's doomed to fail. We saw him last year. I know when Will Fuller got hurt, like you said, dude, he was, like, one of the most consistent wide receivers for, like, six, seven weeks in a row. Right. Like I said, it to, to finish over the final five weeks, uh, Cooks being the – wide receiver three in points per game. I mean, that's crazy. But let's look real quick. I'm, I'm just going to make a quick edit here and look at how Will Fuller did over the first 12 weeks and how good he was. He was the wide receiver eight in total points. He actually did play um, all possible games, which is something that we've never been able to say for Will Fuller. And uh, he's a little further down there in average, but 17.2 points per game. He, he was really helpful for your fantasy team. And that is a downgrade in Miami with Tua. And let, let me ask you this, Billy. Who's the wide receiver one between Will Fuller and Devontae Parker? I think, who do you think I think is better or who I think is going to be the number one? Let's go with both. I think Will Fuller's a better talent than Devontae Parker, not even close, because Will Fuller just takes the top off. Will Fuller has always been good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's kind of come on with Fitzpatrick. But they're going to give the ball to – there's going to be more designed plays, right? I feel like Devontae Parker, just from the aspect of, like, he just knows the offense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's there's always going to be a learning curve. But, I mean, how much of a learning curve is it really if you're just running go routes anyway? Yeah. I just don't think Tua is the type of quarterback that I want to be paired with with Will Fuller. That's not – it doesn't seem like yeah. a winning proposition. I feel. I see what you're saying. And yeah. then on top of that, Rob, like I said earlier, how I started off the conversation, can you think of Will Fuller in the 
summer training months <laughs> post practice in Miami, Florida. I mean, I'd be celebrating, and I'm not even. I'm Am not I right, even a, bro? I'm a hermit. Seem, does that <laughs> seem like trouble waiting to happen, or yeah. I should even say trouble waiting to happen because that's fucked up to say. I should say I don't think he gets better. I think mm-hmm. it only gets worse from here. I feel well. I mean, one thing that will uh, I will say in favor of Will Fuller potentially is that he is on a one-year deal, so it's kind of like a prove-it contract. Hopefully, he takes that mindset in into Miami with it and works to uh, you know improve on that and and earn himself a better long-term deal. Um. <clears throat> so I'll head into my loser, then Bill can head into his winner as we wrap up here. So my loser for uh, today's pod is going to be Josh Jacobs running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, if you were here with us last preseason, I was very down on Josh Jacobs because I didn't believe that he was going to get the passing work like there was a lot of talk, a lot of beat reporters or, or the John Gruden coming out and saying it or Josh Jacobs saying it, that he wanted to be involved in the passing game. But there was a lot of actions by the Raiders that showed the opposite. And then he wasn't really involved in the passing game. Um, there was still fantasy value to be had in Josh Jacobs, though. He was the running back eight on the season in PPR League. So even though he didn't, you know, receive a lot of receptions. Um, he still was a horse on the ground and it carried him to a good fancy finish. But now Las Vegas, in in case you haven't been following uh, so far this uh, off season, number one, they signed Kenyon Drake. And what this does is this basically removes all hope that people had that maybe this season things would change for Josh Jacobs and he would start being involved in the receiving game because with Kenyon Drake, who is a pass catching specialist who he's getting paid. I believe it's like $6 million a year for Las Vegas. You like, you might as well chalk it up. He's just going to be a workhorse on the ground, which is okay, but he's not going to be a wide or running back that you are consistently happy with that you're going to see that upside from Um, the, the receiving work really turns into the upside for these running backs. He's probably going to still be a low end running back one, but at that point you, you like where you're drafting him, he has to finish around there in order for you to be happy. But even further against Josh Jacobs, the difference between the 2020 Raiders offensive line and the 2021 Raiders offensive line is going to be huge. Rodney Hudson, great center for the Vegas Raiders, has been traded. Now they have a center waiting in the wings to try and you know be the center of the future for the Raiders. But in the meantime, we don't know. I I can't project out the great at the gate that he's going to be as good as Rodney Hudson. So that's a downgrade right there. Uh, Richie Incognito no longer with the team. They did resign the man because uh, Incognito, I want to say only played in three games this season, but um, they did resign the man who replaced Incognito. So that that's okay. That's a little part of stability and they're bringing back Colton Miller, their left tackle, but they also traded right tackle Trent Brown, who's been really good for them 
And they also let go of right guard Gabe Jackson, who was pretty decent for them as well. So major hits to the offensive line for the Raiders. And I think it's just going to have an impact on the running game in Josh Jacobs. And because you can't count on the passing game in Josh Jacobs, it's, it's just a huge all around hit to his fancy value. Um, I would probably have him as like a mid tier running back two at the moment, just because I, I don't see an upside for him. Bill, um, do you feel the same opposite? I know the Kenyon Drake signing definitely uh, is is probably the main point against him at this point. To be honest with you, I feel like people are over hyping the Kenyon Drake signing. Like, I don't know, it's because I'm just a Josh Jacobs owner, and I'm just trying to think of like happy thoughts. But I don't think that signing is as significant as everybody's trying to make it to be. There's if you combine the usage say, that Devontae Booker and Jalen Rashard had right, into like yeah. one person, that would just be Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I will say that Kenyon Drake isn't like, oh, they signed Kenyon Drake, and now this takes so much away from Josh Jacobs. But I don't that's believe how people that. are reacting, Rob. Yes. I feel like when we get in the redraft leagues this year and like we start looking at redraft leagues, we're going to look by like the first or second draft, especially in a fucking home league, when somebody knows Kenyon Drake's name from last year, they're going to be like, oh, well, uh, I don't think I should draft him. And, uh, you know, Josh yeah. Jacobs is going to – like, in redraft, bro, I get it. If you don't want to draft him and redraft and overdraft him, I understand. Like, that's a reasonable point. But I think in Dynasty, man, that this, I feel like, makes me even want to, like, hit the person up that's a Josh Jacobs owner and be like, you want you want to swing that deal over for Josh Jacobs now, dude, or are you still holding on to him? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, like my Kenyon Drake take was more so along the lines of like, it's not that Kenyon Drake is taking work away from Josh Jacobs. It's just that maybe there was some hope for Josh Jacobs owners that you know he could eventually see the receiving work that he hasn't been seeing. And now that hope is gone. You know what I'm saying? Like word. Yeah. No, I like, do see what you're saying. I feel like, like that ceiling. You is got it. The, the reach the top five and running backs. We always talk about this to reach the top five and running backs. You have to catch passes and yep. that's not a guarantee right now. Yep. He's um, going to have to do it in the touchdown department. And that's never something never that's something predictable. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and the offensive line woes or losses don't help with that idea either. Um, your winner will round us out here, Bill. Yeah. Um. Can you? Oh, uh, yeah. My winner is uh, Kenny G. We talked about this earlier. Um, just, just a perfect landing spot for Kenny G. I don't think this is a perfect landing spot, real life wise, because I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. But I think Daniel Jones is good enough to support Kenny Galladay to get where he needs to be. I had concerns about him if he did get, went back to the lines. I'm not really high on that offense. I feel like people are going to start to realize when the season starts, a lot of these teams that used to be high-scoring teams and stuff like that aren't going to be high-scoring teams. And I think the Lions are one of those teams that, like, 
remember I said this, Rob, and remind me in August when we get to like when the schedule comes out and I can start betting on sports and shit and stuff like that. Uh, I think the Lions team totals for like the first four weeks of the season are just going to be like based off of last year's statistics. But if you look at their like personnel right now, you can't tell me that doesn't feel like a run heavy approach scheme type of team that like just deflates the football. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't see that team like really transitioning to this 2021 era of offense that we have. And I feel like the Giants are, while they're not competing, but they're making strides to be able to put up points on the board. Last year, there was a lot of different instances where I felt like Daniel Jones was like forcing the ball down the field to people because like they they had to make the play. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? There's a lot of situations last year where like Daniel Jones, instead of like throwing the ball down deep, try to run out the pocket, like he got a lot of rushing yards than like people gave him credit for or accounted for and stuff like that. And I just feel like Kenny Galladay is just going to help out this team so much. It's the first time that they actually had a legit alpha receiver since Odell. Definitely. Um, You heard earlier on the podcast I was against it, but here a thought came to mind. Are we selling you throughout the episode, man? A thought came to mind, okay? You remember Allen Robinson with Blake Bortles? That's what that's literally the argument. That's literally <laughs> like, Rob. That is literally the argument and picture I wanted to paint in your head is like who cares what the quarterback is, who it's going to be, what happens. He's gonna he's gonna get that DeAndre Hopkins type share from the Texans where like you can have fucking Brian Horry back there, dude, and he's gonna be like top twenty, uh yeah. top fifteen receiver. Cause like, dude, this is like I will say, though, I will say uh, in favor of my theory, um, I do think the Giants offense or defense, I should say, is improved as well. They added a Dory Jackson. Um, I know they extended Logan Ryan previously. Um, James Bradbury stepped up a lot. They re-signed Leonard Williams. So they they made some decent moves to make their defense a little better. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last season. And um, that kind of leads to like one of the big things of Blake Bortles with Allen Robinson was like, it was all garbage time. It seemed, but I mean like garbage time still counts for fantasy football, but like, I don't know if it's going to be garbage time for the giants because their defense is improved. Their offense is improved. Their offense is going to be getting Saquon back. I don't think I, they're going to be. You're giving them a lot of credit to, to be one of those Wait, wait, teams. wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. I was just about to say, I don't think they're going to be any better than 8-8. Eight and eight, But at the same time, they could be like one of those teams that hangs in there. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those teams that like every game is competitive. But like hanging around that like mid-20 mark. Like, both teams are scoring around there. But I don't think, like, I think the difference will be in Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I think he'll, I I just don't see him progressing that much as a quarterback as of this moment. And certain spots in the defense, I don't think are going to be able to keep up as well. But go on, you were saying? 
No, that's all I really wanted to say. Uh, that's really it for this episode. It was a quick one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, theoretically, because we're still a little over an hour and, you know, try and keep it down for our listeners because I know it's hard to dedicate so much time to a podcast. But uh, I mentioned that Trey had a winner and a loser. Trey did not get to come on to this episode. Bless you, Billy. Thank you. Um, Trey's winner was Josh Reynolds because, you know, basically stepping up from uh, the Ram situation into the Titans situation where he's the de facto wide receiver too now. And then Trey's big loser was A.J. Dillon. Obviously there, Aaron Jones re-signing with um, Green Bay kind of destroys the fantasy value, at least in the near future for A.J. Dillon. Bill, at Getting Bills on Twitter, Anything else you want to shout out? Because like you said, you got a ton of live streams going on. March Madness, NBA play, uh, NBA trade deadline coming up. All these different things, man. Yeah, shout man, out what you got, want to shout we, out. We got a lot of different things going, Rob. You can follow me over on Twitter at Getting Bills. That's probably the easiest way to keep track of everything that I'm doing. Uh, Saturdays, college basketball from 12 to 6 o'clock. And then we're going to roll right into that UFC 260 event. Um, it's going to be a fun, fun time with the boys. Man, you should pop up in there, show your face, show your name. And um, it's going to be a fun time. I got a lot of different other things that I'm working on right now. Like uh, currently, if you want to follow me over on TikTok, you can at briz.billy. I tweet out. I mean, not tweet out. I TikTok. Uh, I'll do like a video of like what sports bet that I'm on for like the week. And it's usually like a, it's usually like a, Two hundred dollar to one hundred and fifty dollar bet, so it's not like a little ten dollar bet that I'm just trying to give out for the people and stuff like that. Um, right now we're two and zero this week for winners. College basketball parlay hit Sixers minus four hit last night. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, if you want to become a better sports better, just win some free picks and stuff like that. Go follow the boys over there at Pub Sports Radio. We'll definitely help you out. Appreciate the money making habits, Bill. Um, for me. At Fantasy Force, let's be on Twitter. Been kind of busy, not super active, but if you want, you can still follow me. You can DM, we can talk about anything wait. you'd ever love. I can't wait for your first article to come out for Dynasty Nerds, man. I can't wait to blow that one up on Twitter. I gotta I gotta sit down and like, you know, focus and, and put time into an article because number one, I do want to do it soon because it's it's been a while that I've been with them and still haven't come out with the article yet number one but number two um i really do want to commit myself to coming out with good content and i feel like i can do that here so just yeah, gotta it's, a, it's just a really commit. good opportunity for you rob in the future because man those uh thread primers that you put out every week now it's going to be online with the with the pictures on it and stuff like that it's just a great things to see man because i know you way before you even thought about even doing content and shit like that and it's just like a testament to i feel like the kids of this upcoming generation <laughs> man yeah. i feel like kids our age man like people aren't going to school and shit i said this to one of my friends earlier today like uh, one of my older friends i was like People aren't going to school and shit like they were back in the day playing high school sports, trying to make varsity and JV and shit like that. Like kids are in high school and college and stuff nowadays, like making content and shit like that. And it's just the world that we live in now. And I right. feel like we're all just getting smarter and better and just reaching new ceilings and new heights that we all never thought that we could ever hit before. And just seeing you 
do stuff like that, man. I'm, I'm just excited for you. I'm glad to be along for the ride. Appreciate it, buddy. I always love the, um, I don't want to say attention, but the, uh, sentimental. the nice words. Yeah. <laughs> the sentimental moments that we have live on the pod. Appreciate it. Always. Um, yeah, man. Might as well end it on such a positive note. Uh, again, at getting bills on Twitter at fancy force FB for me. And then at Dan- dynasty force pod for the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you all enjoy your night, your week. We'll catch you next week on the pod where we will be talking about, uh, the state of the union sort of address where we're going to, you know, reset after free agency, look at, uh, upcoming landing spots for free or for rookies and then after that, we're going to have our rookie breakdown. So it's about to get exciting in this bitch. All right. Hope you all enjoy your week. And we will catch you next week here at the Dynasty Force podcast. Thanks again for tuning in.